Hey friends, welcome to the Empowered Homes Leadership Podcast. This is another episode with Pastor Ryan Rush. Ryan, Glad to be welcome. here. Glad you're here. Uh, we're gonna let's just jump right into today's topic because okay. I don't want to waste any time on yep. this. Uh, when it comes to leadership, let's talk about the meeting before the meeting. You know, it's funny, Bobby. What I've learned in this little exercise, the the leadership podcast, I have these little buzzwords and phrases that I don't realize how much I say them. So when yeah. you say them in meetings now, people go, "Oh yeah, Pastor Ryan's meeting before the meeting." So this one. I have to say, sounds so simple that I'm afraid people are going to say, well, of course. But it's amazing when you're dealing with crisis as a leader or change, mm. how quickly those go out the window. And so when we're trying to navigate change as a leader, isn't that half leadership? You know, yeah. you're saying, hey, we need to get some change done. If there was no change, there's no need for a leader. When there's major change or uncertainty, you you have desperate need for a leader. So you have to navigate that. And one of the greatest tools I've ever received is something I can give credit to the late Dr. Ralph Smith, pastor long time mm -hmm. in Austin, who used to have coffee with me once a week, and he'd just pour into me. But he said, Ryan, listen, never forget the meeting before the meeting. Now, what does that mean? If I'm going to bring about change or deal with a challenge or let people know about something that is going to be difficult to navigate, then inevitably there's going to be a meeting. You know, there always is. Now, I guess today, if you're, you know, trying to avoid conflict, you could send an email out or something, but yeah. that just, you're, then you're going to have the meeting after the meeting. That's not helpful. Mm -hmm. So usually it's going to involve some face to face with a large group of people where you're saying, hey, everybody, this is the plan. Or, hey, everyone, have some bad news. Whatever it is, you have that meeting. All I mean when I say the meeting before the meeting, is we all know that there are some meetings that need to take place before that meeting that will drastically change the temperature in the room mm. during the meeting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking of how many times I failed at this early in, in leadership of, you know, change. There, there's one story of I was a young youth pastor, and I was like, we're changing our Sunday morning format. And I just kind of said – Here's the date we're changing. Here's what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> been there. I, August, I can already think yeah. about the emails you got. Yeah, yeah, August came. I was like, here's the format of Sunday morning. It's completely changed. And then I got all these pushback, and I was having all these people come up and almost boycotted like this new change or whatever. And looking back, I'm like, the key leaders that I should have got on my team and I should have met with them right. before to talk to them and all that stuff. If I would have known the meeting before the meeting back then, it would have saved me heartache on, yeah. on this. And it's it's a huge thing. It's a, yeah. it's a big deal. It's funny, Bobby, because it seems so simple. And in all my years of ministry, um, I don't think I've ever had a meeting before the meeting that was unappreciated. You know, when yeah. I sat down with somebody, even if they radically disagreed with whatever we were going to do, and I said, listen, I just felt as though um, – you deserve to know this information now that I'm going to share. And I also have great deal of respect for you. And so I want to hear what you have to say early. You know, I want, to, I want to allow you to have a voice. And no one ever says, well, how dare you ask my opinion early? I appreciate that. Uh, so you just honored them as well by doing it. Yeah, so how do we know who to have the meeting with? Okay. How do we navigate that? So this is just as the, the, the principles about how to navigate the meetings before the meetings 
are just as simple as the meeting before the meeting, right? <laughs> First of all, you got to be diligent. So if you're going to have change, leaders do not have the right to say, well, everybody just needs to deal with it and get on board. This is what needs to happen. And if they don't like it, they can be gone. You're going to end up turning around one day and being all alone yep. and wondering why you have leader by your name on your business card, but nobody's following you. You know, So you have to understand that. What is diligence? It's asking the question, what are going to be the primary pushbacks in this change? Knowing those up front. And if you don't know those, then you definitely haven't had any meetings before the meeting. Okay? You're, blind, you're, you're setting yourself up for being blindsided. So I want to know that. And once I have a general idea of what those are going to be, now I have a pretty good idea of who I need to talk to. So you want an example? Yeah. All right. Several years ago, as pastor of Kingsland, we had a challenge with where to put people for worship. We had a lid on our worship space. We talked about maybe building a larger worship center on our, on our central campus, and it was going to be a significant amount of funds that we wanted to continue to use in other ventures and especially missions that we're involved in. So we didn't want to drop $20 million on that. Mm. So we thought, well, how can we do this? What resources do we have? We had a gymnasium here on our campus. It's a great gym, beautiful gym. It was being used for pickup basketball games every now and then, leagues or community groups that come in and have a great time. There was nothing negative about our basketball gym. The fact is, we had access to a huge space that could become a second venue for us, and we probably could not do both, like have sports leagues all the time and a second venue and do it right. We had to make some adjustments. And so right away, I knew I'm going to have some pushback on this. But there's, there was a, a, a small circle of people who loved the recreation ministry, and there were a bunch of people who liked it, you know, but were also going to Lifetime Fitness and the YMCA, and they're like, okay. I mean, I knew they'd probably shrug their shoulders and say, ah, oh, I hate that, but I understand. There were some that that was, that was their identity at Kingsland, okay? Hmm. So I needed to have the meeting before the meeting with those people, and there was about four of them that deserved that. And I sat down and I said, let me just walk you through some of the dilemma we have right now. And can we problem solve together for a moment? Sure. Walk through the cost involved, $20 million for a new worship center, $600,000 for a revamp of, of this to create another worship space on our campus. Do you understand the difference? Everybody's really good at math, right? In, in that regard, you know, that's not hard to do. So you know how much I love Recreation, Bobby. I mean, if you're yeah. one of them, I, I, I enjoy a good game of basketball. I played basketball, but can you understand my dilemma here? And every person that I walk through, even if they said, Well, can we do this or whatever? Can't we? They finally kind of put their head down and said, Man, you're right. I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say, and this changes the conversation as well if you do it beforehand to say, you deserve to know this before. I know how much this means to you. And one of the challenges I've had is I, it pains me to know that there's going to be some level of loss with really great people like you, Bobby. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk to you and ask what questions you have, or is there anything that you know that I can do You know now? And so I got some great insight. But the other part of diligence kind of segues into the meeting before the meeting. In every organization, every office, every school, and certainly every church, when there are challenges and they're announced in a large group, 
there is uh, formal leadership and then there is um, informal leadership. And there are certain people in the room that everybody wants to know how they feel. And so you can watch yeah. it. When something yeah, is yeah. announced, t- heads turn to those two or three people in the room and they want to know, how does Bobby feel about this, mm-hmm. right? And I've got to know who those are because those are going to involve the meeting before the meeting. In many cases, uh, those people overlap with maybe some of the challenges. So, so now... I want to get in front of those people before the meeting to make sure they have all the answers. And that's also an act of kindness to them. It's not manipulation yeah. because they know, you know, they, they've been around long enough. They have influence that they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a line after the meeting. Where people say, well, how do you feel? And so I need to give them the answers as an act of kindness, you know, yeah. or at least know their, their concerns beforehand. And maybe I need to address those before we have a meeting. Yeah, and you said manipulation, and yeah. and I was it just in my notes of what do you say to those who it feels kind of manipulative, like you're having meetings before the meetings, yeah. trying to go behind and well, get all this stuff. Manipulation. Here's how I would define negative manipulation. Manipulation is when I'm trying to get people to do things uh, in a sinister way to mm-hmm. uh, to hurt them later on, but they don't know it. So if I, if I am a part of a, a Ponzi scheme and I manipulate people to sign a document to get their money, that's, that's negative manipulation. Um, part of leadership is positive manipulation. In other words, I want to move people in a direction that sometimes is uncomfortable and difficult. And so it's a fine line. Don't, don't miss out on what you need to do as a leader yeah. because you call it manipulation. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a part of it. So... I wouldn't call it manipulation if somebody said, well, this feels like, you know, why are you meeting with me beforehand? And I would tell them exactly why. You're a leader. You know, I need to get your insight here. Um, You're also, um, I know that this is going to affect you more. So out as an act of kindness, I want to talk to you beforehand. So those, those there may be some overlap, but it's not a bad thing. Um, I remember somebody saying about a parent one time, you know what, that mom is a little bit manipulative with her kids. And I thought, well, she better be. You know, that, that's what moms and dads are supposed to be. You know, I'm going to manipulate my kids' lives <laughs> for the better, you yeah. know. But I'm not – I would never want to harm them. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think um, doing the meetings before the meetings, it's not easy. It's easy just for me to come in and send an email and say – "Yeah." Hey, we're changing the format yeah. on Sunday mornings. Deal with it. Get over it. Right. But having it takes effort and energy and mm-hmm. time, and so it's not manipulation. Yes. It's not. It, it's definitely. Uh, it's leadership. Like yeah. I think it's the uh, key to understanding your people or organization and going to those people uh, and giving them grace, giving them love. I think it's a a vital tool um, for for leaders to understand and hold on to and think about when's the next time, I I guess, let's talk about practically, you know, let's say I'm in the middle of of wanting to change something, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the steps that you go through of like, okay, here's what we have in front of us, here's the the change or here's the challenge, all right, how do I identify those people and then how do I set that up? Is there a strategy to maybe get a bunch together? Do I set up lunches or what's your... No, uh, there is a strategy. No, it doesn't involve large groups of people. Otherwise, you're just having a big meeting before. I'm I'm talking about having a small enough meeting where you can hear. Mm. This is not... I don't have group dynamic science in front of me, but I can tell you anecdotally, if you're in a room with three people, 
most folks are going to be able to voice their opinion and feel freedom to do it if you invite them to. If that room becomes 10, the, the ones who are outgoing are going to talk and the ones who are quiet are not. Yeah. The peacemakers are not. And those might be the very ones you have to hear what they have to say. And if you short-circuit that and it comes out in a big meeting, you're going to risk being blindsided you know, because yeah. you think, well, why didn't anybody tell me? Well, you really didn't give them the opportunity. So my meetings before the meetings are small meetings most Good. of the time. Good. That's what I would say. And, and so that's when I'm trying to figure out who's what, it, it doesn't have to be weeks in advance, but as I'm planning the agenda of what needs to happen, I'm picking who those need to be, who are the influencers, who are the, the people who will be advocates for it, who will be against what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they need to know up front as an act of kindness, if nothing else. And so by the time I get to that big group, it's going to be a surprise to a lot. But if I have gasps in the room, then I have failed, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's good stuff, because I have, I, I've got to make sure that I bring it to the right place. Uh, Cotter, uh, John Cotter, great professor and author on change. He wrote a book called Leading Change. It's outstanding. And one of the components of leading change that he always talks about is build a guiding coalition. Mm-hmm. If you walk in as a lone crusader, you're just setting yourself up for people going, I'm not interested in that because nobody really wants to change. I mean, it's not a pleasant experience. We like generally how things go. If you want to change, you'll do it yourself. You don't like other people to tell you to change, whether it's a gym converted to a worship center or it is um, some really bad news that came across that you have to share. Whatever it is, you have to to prepare the people by preparing the people who will help the people, right? That's part of it. And so just kind of the end of that story maybe is a good way to close. Bobby, so as you know, if you come on the Kingsland campus today, you walk in, the worship center is a wonderful place to gather, and uh, it seats just under 1,100 people. And you can walk across the hallway into the gymnasium. We call it the courts now. Mm. And it is a wonderful worship experience, a beautiful venue uh, underneath the carpet in squares, there's still a basketball court. And a couple times a year, we get to pull that up and and have some basketball games and have some people in there. For most of the year, it serves a different purpose now. And we're able to reach hundreds more people because of that difficult decision. And guess what? The people that uh, could have been the biggest advocates or made it uh, into a us versus then or a win versus lose thing – are some of the ones who attend in there and love it, you yeah. know? So it, it's looking back, here's what we know. We gained 600 seats additional, uh, so almost the same that we would have had we built a $20 million worship center for about $600,000. Yeah. And uh, that's a win. That's a huge But it involved win. a lot of meetings. Yeah. The meeting before the meeting, I think, is one of the vital tools for every leader's tool belt that we've that's got good. to – to have that, don't make the same mistakes I made early hey, on. But all of us, man. But we all do. But but I think leveraging the meeting before the meeting can can help us have unity. Uh-huh. I think it, it builds unity. It builds uh, trust, and it, and it's a huge powerful tool. And it takes time, energy, and effort, but it's worth every yeah. ounce of that. Yeah. So, yeah. One more thing that is very helpful in the meeting before the meeting, I'm actually working. I'm honing my argument. I'm, I'm getting better when I'm doing I'm rehearsing really for the big meeting by my talking points that I, I'm, I'm having somebody help me 
Uh, even if they don't realize that's their role, if they're against it, saying, well, what about this and this? And so I have an, uh, a challenge. Or if it's it's insurmountable, I can say, well, I don't even need to have that meeting. Yeah. But it's I'm always going in better prepared with that. Listen, have the meeting before the meeting. Absolutely. And uh, if you want more information about the meeting before the meeting or anything else on our leadership development, you can find all of that at empoweredhomes.org slash leaders. Thanks, Pastor. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, Bobby.